Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, 2020 is now over and a new year is dawning. So let me ask you honestly, what do you expect from this coming year? Now, some of you are going to be having a baby. That is something to be optimistic about. Well, that's just a few of you. What about the rest of you? Maybe you're hopeful that the vaccine is going to get rid of the virus and things can get back to normal. Maybe you're simply optimistic and think, well, anything has got to be better than last year. Rewind your life to one year ago. You're sitting at the beginning of 2020. You probably had high hopes for the coming year. And then the virus put a frown on your face. Yeah. Did anyone anticipate that? No. Didn't see that coming. And because we didn't see that coming, we didn't have a plan for it. Predicting the future is hard and no one is good at it. That's why we leave that up to God. He knows everything. He sees everything. He can control everything. Our prayer is, God, can you please, please take care of our future? And he does, and he has in Jesus Christ. Yes, there might be some bumps and bruises and twists and turns along the road, but God is right there to help us through this life. And he even helps us to enjoy this life. We've been talking about rejoicing in the Lord, and I've been thinking a lot about what the Apostle Paul must have felt in that first century. His freedom had been taken away from him. He was wrongly arrested. He was under house arrest, chained to a Roman guard. He was waiting trial, sentencing, and possible execution. He had no reason to be hopeful. He was far, far away from his friends, 800 miles away from the church that he had founded in Philippi, yet with pen in hand. He wants his friends in Philippi to know that God is taking care of him, teaching him, and filling his heart with joy. And it's shocking that this would be the message from the Apostle Paul. A man who is poor, not rich, a man who is homeless and does not have a home to return to, a man who has no wife or children to comfort him or for him to enjoy. A man who does not know if he will live or die. And who despite circumstances is filled with joy. And it's the joy of the Lord. Right? 
Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. We've talked about this. Can we find joy in stressful and anxious circumstances? Yes. Can we find joy in making hard decisions? Yes. So the question I want to explore today, can we find joy even when we don't know what to expect? And the answer is yes. You see, Paul had joy even in the midst of terrible circumstances, and he concludes his teaching on the subject of rejoicing with these words, and that's all we're going to look at today, verse 8, from chapter 4 of Philippians. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. You want joy? Think about these things. You want peace? Think about these things. Now, before we look at these six categories, let's remember, first of all, where joy comes from. And that should be pretty easy because we just celebrated Christmas. And joy comes down with Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Jesus has come. Joy came down with Jesus. Joy comes with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. You can have joy no matter what your circumstances are because the Lord is at hand. And what Paul shares with us is his response. This is Paul's response to a loving God who is with him always and sent his one and only son, Jesus, to save him. And so what Paul tells his readers, that includes you and I, he tells them, he concludes this section on rejoicing with what we should be thinking about this year. Think about what God has said to you. We heard in the service earlier, Psalm 29. There it is. Look at that. The voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. In other words, what God says. He says to you. And when God speaks, we need to listen. And as Paul says, we need to not just listen, but think about these things. So how can we maintain joy in this coming year when we don't know what to expect? The answer, think about these things. Mark 12, verse 30 Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with, that's your emotional life, and with all your soul, that's your spiritual life, and with all your mind, that's your mental life, and with all your strength, that's your physical life. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ wants a relationship with all of you, every part of you. And here Paul is going to single out the importance of, of a mind that is devoted to God. He tells us elsewhere in Romans chapter 12, 
Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change starts in the mind. Life changes start in the mind. Know what you don't want. Figure out what you do want. Take it to God in prayer. Mental health begins with thinking God's thoughts after him. So here Paul says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Your mental health is like your physical health. Your physical health is largely dependent upon what food you bring into your body. Similarly, your mental health is dependent upon what thoughts you allow to reside in your mind. You cannot have physical health without changing your diet. You cannot have mental health without changing the focus of your thoughts. So he gives us six categories of things that we should find ourselves fixated upon. If your mind is off, your life will be miserable, even if it's a gift from God. I can sadly testify that I know people who have wonderful spouse that they don't enjoy because they have the wrong mindset. I know people who have children that they could be making memories with and they don't enjoy them because they have the wrong, the wrong mindset. I know people whose sins are forgiven, but they live cheerless lives because they have the wrong mindset. And we're not just talking about the power of positive thinking here. No, no. We're talking about godly thinking. There's a big difference. When we get the mind of Christ and we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, then the Holy Spirit helps us think in these six categories. So let's take a quick look at them. Think about what is true. Truth is that which corresponds with reality. We need to understand and accept reality so we can live life as God intends. Reality is the truth. The problem with truth in our day is that it's been ruined. That's why something can happen and then you listen to this news report and then you listen to that news report and you say, I don't even know what really happened. It's hard to get just the facts anymore. Rather, what often happens in the news and especially on social media, is people trying to control the facts with a narrative to suit their agenda. My wife and I were watching a TV series that was all about manipulating the truth and controlling the narrative and to get people to think what you want them to think in order to fix a problem or further a selfish agenda. 
That series was downright disturbing and scarier than a horror movie. How it twisted the truth. Even in our own personal lives, we often try to control the narrative rather than tell the whole truth for our own personal gain. Jesus said, you, in John chapter 8, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And John 17, as he prayed, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. You can't know the truth apart from Jesus Christ. You can't deal with reality apart from the word of the creator. And my job is to tell you the truth. Jesus Christ is God, yes. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Jesus Christ lived without any sin. Jesus Christ healed the sick. Jesus Christ cast out demons. Jesus Christ raised the dead. Jesus Christ died on a cross in your place for your sins. Three days later, Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And today, Jesus Christ is alive and well. And he's seated on a throne. And he is high and exalted. And he's worshipped by angels. And when you die, you will not stand before a mirror. You'll stand before him. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you go to heaven. If not, you go to hell. And some might say, yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't believe that. And I'm sorry to hear that. John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. To those who believe, he gave the right to become children of God. That's the truth. Think on these things that are true. Honorable. That means to attach high value to. This is a problem in our present culture because we have parades for things that are not honorable. We have tolerance for things that God is intolerant of. And so we tend to attach high value to that which is dishonorable. And ultimately, there's a culture of confusion. Honorable means character that is exemplary, that follows in the character of Jesus Christ. The word honor is the word that is used in parenting, right? The command tells children to honor their father and mother, that those under authority should honor those in authority. And it seems every week we hear of examples of dishonoring those in authority. Now for those who are in authority, it is incumbent for you to live honorably. And it makes the job of those who are under your leadership far easier to honor you if you are honorable. So first honor God. Think on these things and live in an honorable way and see if the children don't follow. Number three, 
Think about things that are just. Things that are right, godly, good, in God's sight. Things that are just. This is the opposite of selfishness, actually. Selfishness is, what do I want? What do I think? What do I need? How do I feel? The question is, when it comes to just, is, wait a minute, what does God think? What does God want? That is how you come to an understanding of what is just. Why is that? Because Deuteronomy reminds us God is just. God is the judge. The Bible says he's just and he is loving. Think about what is right. Fourth, think about things that are pure. Now this is innocent or clean. The opposite would be dirty or defiled. This word is often used in the Bible regarding, regarding sexuality. It just is. And our world has taken the good gift of sexuality that God has given us and coupled it with selfishness. And we've got a whole culture that is confused about what sex is. And so we've now got things like casual sex, sexual partners, pornography, virtual sex, sex for hire, sexual abuse, sex trafficking, pedophiles. If all you are surrounded with is corrupted and dirty concepts of God's good gift, then ultimately you won't be focused or fixated on that which is pure. And what is pure? Well, the Bible says that marriage is pure. The covenant love that God gives a man and a woman. And so much of technology is driven to propagate and promote that which is impure. And so God's people need to be really focused and fixated on things, thinking clearly when it comes to matters of sexuality. And it's hard in our culture. Number five, think about things that are lovely. Whatever is lovely. This is pleasurable, enjoyable for its own sake. Now, how many of you love to see the northern lights? Or how many of you love to go for a walk in nature? Because it reminds you of your creator. He is beautiful. And he made things lovely and beautiful for you to enjoy. And number six, Paul says, think about that which is commendable or of good character or worthy of imitation, we might say. Taking things or people as good examples and commending and mentioning them to encourage others to continue in that pattern. 
This is how we reinforce positive good behavior. Now, the opposite of all of this is what dominates social media. Instead of truth, we ultimately have a world in which there is a remarkable amount of that which is untrue. Things are said that are not true. So don't believe everything you hear and don't believe everything you think. Guard your moral outrage because what this world wants you to do is it wants you to wake up and find on your device that which is untrue, dishonorable, unjust, impure, ugly, and despicable. And it then wants you to be consumed by that, fixated on that, thinking about that, posting on that, resharing that, and having that be the center of your emotional and mental life, thereby poisoning your mind. And God is saying, yes, the world I created for you to enjoy is now messed up because of sin, absolutely. So don't start your day with what the world is telling you. Start your day with my word, my voice, my presence. Think about these things. Start with me. You need Jesus before you turn on the noise of the world. Ultimately, your mind needs to be thinking God's thoughts after him. And what this is, this is not a denial of reality, but rather thinking about the greater reality that is behind the reality that we see in our world. And that greater reality is that there is a God over and under and through it all. And he's a good God and he is loving and he is kind and he is present and he's seated on his throne and he is coming again to judge the living and the dead. And ultimately he is the source of my joy and that allows me to navigate this world by the strength of his joy. Now one more thing, it's the baptism of our Lord Sunday. He was baptized for us. We are baptized into Christ Jesus. When you were baptized, God's word, God's name was spoken over you as the water was applied to you. And right then and there, you began a life filled with the good things of God, a life hearing, devoted to hearing the voice of God. You became a student of the Bible. Here is a quote from a commendable pastor at the beginning of a new year, Charles Spurgeon. I leave this with you. I wish my brothers and sisters that during this year, you may live nearer to Christ than you have ever done before. Depend upon it. It is when we think much of Christ that we think little of ourselves, little of our troubles, and little of the doubts and fears that surround us. Amen.